What's going on, everybody? I'm Johnny Brook. Welcome back to episode number 35 of the Crafted Podcast. A podcast all about making stuff by hand, woodworking, metalworking, leatherworking, electronics, and more. We put out new episodes every Thursday on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and everywhere else podcasts are available. We also live stream every Wednesday night on our website and are also going to start live streaming here soon on YouTube, so we'll touch on that a little later. Uh, if you are new to the show, definitely go ahead and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That's always super, super helpful. And we also have a Patreon page if you want to support the show. That's patreon.com slash craftedpodcast. And we have a couple new patrons this week. We have got Evan and Caitlin, who are an awesome YouTube DIY couple. Go check them out for sure. We also have Jim Rumsey. So our top patron of the week, as always, is Make, Build, Modify. So thank you so much for your support. Uh, you guys are awesome and uh, really help keep the show going. So without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce my co-hosts. I've got James Wright from Wood by Wright. What is going on, James? Oh, you know exactly what's going on, but <laughs> thank you for asking. <laughs> and I've got Zach Herberholz from ZH Fabrications. What is going on, Zach? Hey, for the what second time? <laughs> yeah. First time for anybody listening. Yes, yes. And the live chat had a little bit of technical difficulties. I am on the road. Uh, first time live streaming from the laptop. So, uh, you know, that's always always fun. So I'm over in Charleston uh, this week just kind of hanging out on, I guess, like a work vacation. Basically, like my wife's been out of town for like 10 days, and I was out of town for four days. And then she had this vacation plan with her mom, and I'm like, I have not seen you at all, so I'm just going to come along and work. And uh, so it's been been a good time. So, so yeah, uh, I guess this week we're going to talk about our Skiatook uh, adventure experience and kind of all the fun we had there. But I guess first, before we're doing that, let's go ahead and talk about what we've been working on. So, uh, yeah, what do you guys got? Well, I've... Uh I've been working well other than being out in Skytook and uh, SV Seeker I did get like three hours into the shop um, outside of moving my shop because I, I I felt like this week all I did was move my shop as I took the bench and all my tools out to Skytook so I had to take them all up the stairs load them into the van drive out there bring them back unload them all take them all back downstairs so it was like two days worth of work, but I did actually get some work time in the shop. <laughs> huh. Nice. I'm working on the uh, my new bench, um, so I have a. I'm building my second bench, and I'm hoping to be doing a, one video a week on it. Um, we will see if I can actually maintain that schedule, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm really liking how it's going, and it's uh, a lot of fun to work on. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see that thing come together. It's. Uh... It looks incredibly beefy, especially for its kind of petite size. That thing seems like a beast. Yeah, it's it, the the top alone weighs more than my old bench That's total crazy. with vices and everything. <laughs> That's nuts. That's awesome, man. Yeah, uh, Nico, he was asking what what are you using for the top oak, right? Yeah, white oak, um, and it'll be all trimmed out of uh, uh, black walnut. So nice. Yeah, pretty. Nice. I'm not going with the stereotypical uh, maple and and uh, black walnut, so it'll it should be a better contrast, I think. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, man, that's gonna be that's gonna be sweet. That's gonna be sweet. What about you, Zach? What you been working on? Um, I am making uh, pretty good progress on this gigantic industrial desk that I'm building. It is a beast. Anybody in the live chat here? I'll throw a link in there. Hopefully that works. 
Um, yeah, so it's three inch uh, channel iron, like C channel, uh, for the frame, and the legs are two sections of three inch C channel bolted together. So there's a total of eight sections of C channel for the legs. I have a frame. Slap some wood on top that you've got a new workbench. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I have I have the frame up, the legs together, and then I just did the apron today with that uh, relief curve. So I got to spend some time on the plasma cutter, and I'm finally like finally getting comfortable on that thing, so I can make pretty good cuts on it, uh, even freehand. And uh, it's just incredible how much time I've saved over the old method of jigsaw and steel blade for cutting out like eighth inch plate. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, that's what I've been working on the past few days. I just, uh, I'm calling around for the top. I'm going to do, I'm planning on doing some ash and I'm going to turn it on edge, kind of like a butcher block, um, just to try and m- minimize the expansion contraction. Cause I want as little a gap as possible between the, the wood and the frame. Tomorrow I am going to build some drawers out of sheet metal, so that should be interesting. I'm actually going to use, I did some experiments today, I'm actually going to use the frame of the table, and I'm going to clamp another piece of C-channel on the top of the frame and actually use the frame of the table itself to make, as a brake press, to make the drawers. So so, uh, that, that should be interesting. Uh, but it's coming along, so I'm hoping to have that done in the next few weeks. And then after that, I get to build another table. So uh, I guess the other week, I've been people ask me what my favorite thing to build is, and uh, I usually <laughs> say tables. Um, and I love them, so maybe after like the next two or three tables, I'll be ready for something else. But I'm still still happy to be working on tables instead of chairs right now. So yeah, the next one's what? That's going to be the farmhouse, right? Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah, I was originally going to do um, some curved legs for it. I talked to a few people and got some really cool ideas for it. But with the amount of labor involved to bend half-inch steel and or box it in, however I was going to actually do it, the amount of labor kind of put it out of their price range. So I'm going to be doing something different on the legs. Um, that is still to be determined, but, uh, yeah, that'll get my attention once I kind of close in on the one that I'm working on currently. So nice. Yeah. That's, that's what I've been working on. It's been a lot of fun. I've had some, it's been hot here. It's like a hundred, hundred degrees and disgustingly humid, but, uh, I've been getting up early and just having pretty good shop days. Been recovering from the sky. took thing that was somewhat uh, upsetting as a, the in-laws were in town. I still got to see him for a day or two, but when I came home, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to sleep in my bed. Well, turns out uh, they were sleeping in our bed, and my wife and I were sleeping on an air mattress in the guest bedroom. So it's like, man. But, uh, yeah, I'm all recovered now, nice. I think. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm finally – dude, when we got back, because that last day – you know, we were out till like midnight that last night at, at Buffalo Wild Wings, and then uh, my flight was at seven a.m. So I got like less than five hours of sleep that night, and I'm pretty sure I went to bed at like six p.m. that night. So that was uh, once once I got home, it was I was so beat from just multiple days uh, of just you know sleep deprivation, basically. So 
it was a it was a good time but uh yeah what what i've been working on is not a whole lot because as i said i'm in charleston so uh just been kind of hanging out and uh you know uh, went and visited a, a friend of mine here locally who is a woodworker uh, charlie he's a furniture maker uh, you know full-time furniture maker and you know just uh, checking out his shop and hanging out and always cool to see other people's shops and how they have it set up and he's a very organized person a lot more organized than i am and uh you know it's just always cool to see the little tricks and and things people have come up with like he has this kind of chisel drawer organization set up that each chisel has its own little section of the drawer and the drawer is kind of lined with this cork padding and they just kind of slide in and out on top of each other so he can fit like 20 chisels in this one drawer and just really clever you know because it's the chisels aren't going to get hurt because they're on the cork and everything has its kind of place so i don't know i like that a lot so it's been a good time hanging out in charleston just uh you know drinking a lot of beer they've got a lot of good breweries here locally and you know but ready to get back home i'll be going back home tomorrow and getting back to work so i did put out the plywood table video that we built during the woodworking adventure or whatever whatever it's called that was that was a good video man i I like the uh we had some extra like bonus clips in there that were just kind of kind of neat to see a few other it's always neat to see people in other people's channel or in (laughs) other people's video even if it's just a quick cameo it's it's yeah i had a pretty pretty good run in that one it was it was a good video it was fun to watch yeah i didn't get nearly as much footage of like the other people there as i wanted to just because I, don't know, I, people. I was slacking um <laughs> well and like we were all floating around so like i basically just went out like in one 20 minute section and and got those little clips and yeah. if, if people weren't at their booth well then they didn't get <laughs> on camera and i basically just stuck right to the people who were right next to us so um i was i didn't that and it, it was kind of one of those things of how do you actually capture that i mean oh, yeah you have to be there to, to yeah to see it I well guess. and you know we kind of were working our own booth in a sense you know wanting to yeah. have somebody there when people come by and let them know what was happening so uh, but yeah it was good just to try to incorporate some other people uh, into the video and it was a great weekend so I, I guess that's probably a good segue into our show topic which is going to be just talking about the event this past weekend the sky adventure video woodworkers event in sky oklahoma uh, it was really well attended i think you know nobody really knew what to expect going in there were some really awesome other youtube creators there obviously the three of us were there uh jay bates jimmy deresta woodbrew sean stone um nick ferry yeah nick ferry of course he basically put on the event Uh, our buddy jason barlow who's hilarious not a youtuber but a hilarious dude and a good turner yeah, Woodbrew was right next to us. Braxton Worthland. Yep, Braxton, uh, Sean Rubino, Ty Moser. Um, yeah, it was... Yeah, and many, many more. It was a good list, for sure. So, met a ton of really nice people. Um, it's always weird, you know, because, like, I think all of us, obviously, we get a decent number of views and that kind of stuff on our videos, but it's so different when you connect it to an actual human face in person you know they're like oh i really like your videos and watch your stuff and i'm like oh (laughs) like the people watching this stuff they're actually like human beings who you know i don't know it's just this weird experience uh it's i don't know i don't think it'll ever get normal especially when people want like stickers or 
pictures with you or whatever. It's uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird when like uh, Jimmy Duresta comes up to you and says, "Oh, I like your stuff." It's like, yeah. You like my stuff? <laughs> yeah, that, that is pretty awesome. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a great experience. So, yeah, we built this DIY plywood coffee table thing that uh we probably built faster than we should have because by the time (laughs) basically like the show opened at 11 a.m on friday and we already had our piece in the clamps glued up by then so it was like all people we sold more raffle tickets because of that though i think so too i think that was uh that was part of the reason we did it and then also just avoid working in the unbearable heat because it was uh rather warm it was it was but bad. It was cool bugs, that time, man. Though. Holy yeah. crap! I've never seen so many flies and. Yeah, it was it was fairly buggy, but it was the shade, man. The, the pop up tents that was kind of the critical critical thing for sure. That uh, yeah, I think we had a. I mean, we had one of the better setups there. I mean, with oh, the. Yeah. I was happy just being able to like have a reprieve in that air conditioned. The camper box. Yes, yeah, that was nice. Yeah, so we had, so basically this event was in the middle of a field in essentially rural Oklahoma. Um, So there was, you know, anything you wanted, you pretty much had to bring with you. So uh, we did have power and our, we we rented a little tow behind camper. And so we were able to have running water too. Uh, But it was, uh, you know, we had, we luckily the folks at dewalt sent us some cordless tools to use and that was extremely helpful um basically not having to rely on power and that kind of stuff so we could kind of do our own thing regardless and uh it was great i mean you know it's always different working outside of your own shop but honestly i didn't feel like i didn't have anything i needed that weekend you know it's like yeah, if there was something we didn't have, then there was always you know a booth or two over. Someone would have it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Drew from uh, Yeah Ox in the Shop let us borrow his random to, orbit sander and forgot to mention epoxy. him. We we borrowed a lot of the little odds and ends from him. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, yeah, thankfully Drew is like the craft show veteran who uh, yeah. does the circuit and actually knows what he's doing. So he had you know the beautiful uh, kind of setup uh, with all his shelving and all of his bowls and and you know pins and stuff on display and he had his whole trailer packed full of little tools and odds and ends that he needed so yeah he was very well prepared so it was nice to have him as a neighbor yeah what would what would you guys uh so like next year someone comes up to you and says what is skytook what how would you describe it to them hmm like throw a bunch of woodworkers into a field and uh see what happens provide enough electricity yeah basically Hey, I was just amazed at this stuff that people brought out. Like, oh, yeah. people bringing, like, full-size lathes and just ridiculous tools. Like, George Von Driska bringing a CNC. And yeah. that dude, uh, worth worth it bringing his full Rubo. Worth the effort. I'm like, dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't that's ever funny. want to on, that stuff. On the, uh, one of the plane ride, or on the plane ride back, I, uh... It's funny, I used to like really read all of the popular woodworking stuff all the time, and then I got a subscription to it, and they show up in the mail, and I'm like, I'll read them eventually. <laughs> so I pretty much only read them when I go on, like, when I'm on a plane. <laughs> I brought them with me, and as soon as I get on the plane back from Oklahoma, I open it up, and there's, like, there's a uh, George, a picture of him, like, advertising tight bond inside the cover for nice. popular woodworking. Oh, that, was, 
It's yeah. like, wait a minute. Yeah. He's yeah, that's, that's him. hung out with you. He's pretty legendary yeah. in, I mean, all his, you know, Woodworker Guild of America videos. I mean, he's yeah. he's been around for sure. He knows yeah. what's up. So, I just played that guy's guitar for three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think that there most people that were there were not there with the intention of selling anything. No. And most people were either there for showing how something is done and teaching or the collaborative event of getting to getting to be around other YouTubers, talking to them, seeing what they're doing. Uh there were several um collaboration videos that were shot and that was I think that was the most cool thing for me was the hive mind mentality of the event was phenomenal. Yeah. If there was something there you didn't know or you didn't have, then there was someone else there who could fill that gap. Yeah, that was the only thing about the show. I think next year, like that was the thing I was disappointed kind of in myself was not thinking about like trying to essentially recoup some of the costs of attending, you know, because that obviously... It was expensive. It was expensive and, you know, it's not like Tulsa is right around the corner and there was no real great lodging option so we had to kind of figure out our own thing to do there and telling you you get t-shirts johnny yeah Yeah. well then there were there were a couple people who kind of combined that idea that they would um so you could actually go up to them and turn a pin so they would have you know pin turning kits go pick out your pin turning kit pick out your blank and we'll turn a pin together for 10 bucks or so yeah and i mean that's that's an amazing thing so you just share the experience um, the learning of it, and then you get to make a little bit on the side. Um, everyone benefits, and it's a fantastic opportunity. Yeah, that was smart. And like Sean Stone with those um, the the tool totes for the kids. Yep, uh, I was amazed that he sold through them all, and we went and got more lumber for him, and he did those up. We, yeah. we Who was it? With- we got the warpiest lumber <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen in my life. It was like the best of the bunch from uh, yeah. the big the local big box that store. A, that was a rough selection. For sure. Yeah, was, I mean, he could have built he could have built the tote without even cutting the board. He just yeah. would have like drill a hole for the dowel, and it would have been done. He was steam bent right from the store. Yeah, uh, yeah. The knives were uh, Doug Niner, uh, so he that, had that was- he had a huge setup over there. Uh, DN handcrafted, I think, is his uh, I guess Instagram yeah. and, and YouTube channel. Uh, but Doug was a super nice dude, and uh, yeah, he was doing like basically imagine taking a wood a piece of metal and doing stock removal to get a knife but instead do it with a piece of wood so um that was that was pretty cool the the kids definitely geeked out on that and there was one kid who was like bringing around getting signatures from all the all the makers and stuff so that was cool i heard somebody cut a bagel in half on his bandsaw because he didn't have a proper (laughs) knife dude the way you pronounce bagel is like almost as good as the way you pronounce color it's uh do I say bag, bagel? You say bagel, basically. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Bagel. It's cl- bagel. What, what is your accent? Like, where are your people from? Is it PA? Because it sounds like <laughs> no, PA I'm, to me. I'm from the Pacific Northwest, man. I don't know. It's so crazy. Bagel? Yeah, bagel. You've spent too much time down south. They've been infecting you. Yeah, seriously. No, man. No, I'm from it, the south. That's not what we sound like. That's... Uh... <laughs> Well, it's no, the I don't. mixture of the uh, the northeast yeah. with you know, the strain of the extra yeah. pronunciation. Weird. Bagel. Bagel, yeah. <laughs> it just, it's like my favorite show is Community, and that's how one of the characters on there pronounces it, and they give her like just unrelentless crap about the way she pronounces it. And every, yeah, I feel like... Every I, time I you say like it, my, I'm like, oh, God. 
I feel like my wife says I make fun of her because I think she says bagel. Yeah, I say bagel. Yeah. Well, yeah, like a a bagel, bagel, some weird bagel. combination of bagel. It. I don't know. Apparently, I talk funny. Moral <laughs> of the story. <laughs> yeah, it was a. Uh, Anyway, it was a really cool event. Um, definitely recommend you guys come out next year if you missed it this year. I mean, I, I, assuming there is a next year, obviously that's still not, you know, this was kind of the first thing. So they have to figure out whether it was, you know, viable and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I'm hoping there will be a next year, and I'm hoping it's not in the middle of summer next year because that, that was not ideal, uh, to say the least. So, uh, yeah. So we've got a couple. You guys got anything else you want to talk about from Skeetook? We've got a couple of Q&As, too, that we could run through. Well, the other thing that uh, Zach and I got to do after oh, yes. was uh, go down to SV Seeker. Jealous. <clears throat> and if any of you haven't seen SV Seeker, um, drop what you're doing and go to YouTube right now and look it up. Um, he's Just well, do an image search like yeah. at first, because I wasn't aware of this. Like I was probably – it might have been mentioned, but – I'm not really into boats. I could care less. And so I probably heard people talk about it. I was like, oh, yeah, big deal. Some guy's building a boat. Cool. <laughs> and then I Google searched it when I heard that some people were going to go check it out. And I completely lost my mind. I'm like, I have to see this. It's like the Grand Canyon. I mean, as far as like just things that blow your mind it's, it's not a cedar strip canoe it is uh, <laughs> no it's it's i mean i don't know how to say it other than like it's a freighter it's like a barge it's a steel barge in a guy's front yard that he's building by himself and he's doing an incredible job it's just gorgeous. i mean i have no doubt that somebody that there's going to be like a netflix documentary about this guy at some point that's just gonna <laughs> mop the floor i mean it's just it's incredible so, give yeah. everyone an idea about what it is. It's a basically an 80-foot-long boat, two stories tall, 20-foot across, um, seafaring sail vessel. Um, so think about a, a Chinese junk, um, about the largest one you've ever seen in your life, and then put it on the end of a dead-end street in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, you're driving down this road, and it looks like you know your normal dead-end street in the the west side of town and and then suddenly there's this boat the size of like two or three houses in this yeah. guy's front yard. <laughs> yeah you put it in terms of houses and it, it kind of helps yeah helps paint the picture i'd say it's about two medium size house or two and a half medium size houses long yeah. by like almost a house wide it's how many, just how many bobs was it <laughs> it was it's like, it's like 500 way. bobs probably yeah yeah, definitely in the hundreds. I don't think we can. That might. We'll have to save the bobs for the after party. Put that in the show notes. Just you know, yeah. the Bob video. It's it's not it's not definitely not appropriate for for children Certainly since we have so not. many since we have so many children listeners. Yes, yes. definitely not appropriate, yeah. but it'll be in the show notes. It's good. Yeah, but uh, Zach and I were actually able to go down and work on it for a day and. Uh, uh, Crystal Anderson, another uh, YouTube channel maker sizes, was there all weekend. But it was it was kind of cool to actually get the chance to walk around this thing and actually work on it and, and put our hand into it. And I will definitely be going back at some time in the future. It was uh, it was it was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Well, and and what's funny is like I wonder how big was the Titanic? 
Oh, I don't know. Enormous. I'm going to look that up. Very big. Yeah, it's bigger, but... Yeah, I want to say it was like uh, 1,200 feet or something like that. Yeah, yeah just, a, just a touch bigger. But, uh, yeah, Kressel was explaining to me, like, his day uh, working with SV Seeker. <laughs> I'm like, why are you so happy? Like, you just, you just like, he cleaned some giant pots oh, yes, those holes. vessels. Yeah, all day. The tanks, the tanks in the bottom, I mean, in order, because they were all rusted inside, yeah. but they need to get them prepped for gasoline or, or diesel. And so he had to reach down into these to grind out the the welds. And so in order to do that, you have to basically the, – the hole is an oval about six inches wide, about 18 inches long. And you can kind of wiggle your head down in there and get your arm down in there. And so your, like, head and arm are down in this hole. And it's, you know, 90, 100 degrees. And you have a welder down in there. And uh, – and it's one of those horrible jobs that you would hate to do. Yeah. But it was such a pleasure working on that boat and doing it. It was just it was kind of a, a crazy thing because it was it was it was such a cool event. Yeah. It was uh it was very funny to hear him describe his day and then also watch like <laughs> the look on his face because it's like the worst dirty job in the world and he's like yeah. loving every possible second of it. So yeah, that was yeah. Uh, that was pretty fun. If you want to see it uh, this week on SV Seeker YouTube, um, Zach, uh, myself, Kressel, and oh, Jimmy Duresta was also there while we were there. So he, they were all on that, that video. Yeah. Yeah. No, I on what, which video? On SV video. Seeker this week. It is. Oh, I did he, he put it out yet? Did no, it'll, out? it'll be later this week, probably around Thursday yeah. or Friday. So it, I was searching for uh, how big the Titanic is and a picture of of uh, a sloth forcing <laughs> the Titanic a giant sloth pushing the Titanic into the ocean came up and it's absolutely hilarious and completely random so I'm going to paste it in the live chat because see, these are the kind of nuggets we would have missed without Zach on the, uh... <laughs> yeah, you guys need to see this <laughs> for no reason whatsoever wow it was only 883 feet so 11 of the SP Seekers long See that makes the his boat sound small, which it's not. Yeah. Well, I'm, but, I'm I was thinking it was, yeah. That, I mean, did you guys click on the link to sloth sinking the Titanic? That's all I really want. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on back to normal things. <laughs> so I guess that pretty much sums up Sky Duke. You guys got anything else you want to? mention before we move on to questions i think the only thing i would say is that you know all the woodworking events i've ever been to if there was only one event i could make it that would be the one to make yeah Um, i think that was that was higher on my list than than wia than atlanta than anything else that was that was incredible well because we were all in our element you know like most of those other trade shows we're all standing around like drooling over tools we can't afford and just kind of wishing we were doing something i think you know like it's true. Like talking about yeah. woodworking, but not actually well, even, doing any woodworking. Even the visitors who didn't have a booth, they could still be a part of it. I mean, they could yeah. help out with things. They could, they could mm-hmm. play around and try different things out. They could, you know, be in videos and yeah, hang out. Totally I couldn't believe phenomenal. Uh, how far some people came from. There were talking to people that drove all the way from like Sacramento. Yeah, crazy to Oklahoma yeah, and Dakota, from Michigan. All over the country came to this thing. Like not California. not even not even the people with booths, just people no. like. Come. I mean, Jimmy drove all the way out from New yeah, York, New and York. and he was only there for one day. Yeah, 
yeah no that was uh that was pretty intense i I was shocked i i mean i think driving is obviously the most logical thing to do because you know if you're gonna go to make stuff it's kind of hard to get that on your uh on your airplane although i did see one of the guys i think the uh, glimpse inside booth he like checked two bags and filled them with tools and that was what he built his stuff with which is hilarious (laughs) to me because i mean if you build a simple enough thing i mean really a circular saw and a drill will will get a lot of what you need done so that was you know what would be cool is if they did like a primitive technology like That'd building awesome. event where you show up with yeah. like a loincloth yeah. and you have to build something. That's what Kressel, Kressel and I were talking about is if we got um, primitive technologies, myself and Kressel right in a row, it would be like the whole progression of woodworking from <laughs> yes. you know, primitive technology. The industrial revolution to YouTube channel. <laughs> Pouring your own, uh, your own mill. Yeah, yeah, that would be quite funny and then you just go to my channel and it's like okay this is like the millennials yeah, this is the you know? future it's like, yeah <laughs> that's funny man all right well we've got a couple q and a's uh also i just want to throw out a quick apology i guess the contact form on the crafted podcast website has for some reason been going to my spam folder so uh, if i missed any of your messages i apologize i tried to dig through there and and basically find the non-spam stuff Uh, you know anybody who runs a website you get kind of inundated with the seo wizards and people like that trying to you know uh, convince you to use their services so i tried to go through and and get the ones that were not spam but uh, if i missed it just send me the message again and uh, we'll we'll get to it on the show here Uh, but i've got a couple uh, one from ramon moreno that's what he says i have a question for the three of you uh, do you guys set up a working schedule with hours? And how do we deal with our neighbors when making a lot of noise using tools? So uh, <laughs> I think the part two, James probably doesn't have to worry about too much. Yeah, my neighbors are complaining all the time yeah. about my noise. <laughs> Your chiseling is making such a racket. Especially being in the basement. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I guess we can start on hours. I mean, I think... What's weird is I think there's probably a misconception about the fact like that that we are or you know YouTube woodworkers a lot of us you know like most of my time is not spent in the shop like I get probably 3 days a week in the shop and the rest are spent in front of the computer for the most part so having set hours in the shop is a little more difficult I think uh the days I do have in the shop I try to get out there by like at least by 8 a.m and uh, get out of there by like 6 p.m. because i'm i'm not the person like type of person who works through the night and generally unless i'm behind on client work um i i don't do that so i try to keep a pretty regular schedule and you know i i always find that as it gets longer in the day and i've been in there longer that's when you start kind of making mistakes and you get tired and yeah paying attention and all that kind of stuff so um yeah well what about you guys I if if I get eight hours a week in the shop, I consider it a good week. Um, that is not something that <clears throat> I think with the, with the setup I have, it is it is still a luxury to be in the shop because it's not it's not the key place where I make money. Um, that's that's the online the the, the social media and that type of thing. Um, and so I, I really try to keep my schedule completely flexible. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, you know, if there's something I have to do, then I do it. If there's something I don't have to do, then I am flexible with it. 
Um, I, I try and do things when I want to do them and not when I have to do them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is, like, all of us, we work for ourselves. So, you know, James, you have kids. Uh, I'm, I'm eventually, you know, will also. And so you've got to be flexible. And, and also when you're working from home, uh, it, it just invariably will happen. You know what I mean? Like, if people can actually see that you're there, it's not the same as, like, going away to another office or, you know, shop building or whatever. Uh, people are going to kind of pull you into whatever may be happening. Uh, so you do have to be, I think, a little more flexible. We we talked about this on the episode with Mark uh, Spagnolo a good bit, and that was kind of a really, I think, good conversation about scheduling and work-life balance and that kind of stuff. So, uh, Ramon, if you want to hear a lot more about that, that's a that's a pretty good episode. Um, Zach, what about you? I feel like it's always some form of feast or famine in my shop. Like I if I have work to do, I'll do it all as fast as I can. And then like I wait. And, uh, so it's, there's really no schedule that I have. Um, I have noticed though, like the, the more involved I get in the community, unfortunately, like the more time I have to spend on the computer. Um, it's not that I don't like it, but I don't like it as much as spending time in the shop. Um, it just all kind of, I mean, when you, when you're running your own business, you just can't get away from it. It's kind of a, a necessary evil. When it was a hobby, it was all just me out in the shop whenever I wanted. It's all fun, no pressure, anything like that. But now it's, you know, I have emails to do and videos to edit and this and that and the other thing. Um, it just cause it's so hot here. I like to get out early and if I can be done by like four, um, that's good because that'll give me enough time to, to do some of that email stuff or go to the gym or whatever I need to do for the day. Um, I, I find that that works the best for me. I'm just more of a morning person. So, yeah, I mean, not really a set schedule, but uh, that's that's probably as close to a schedule as I try and follow. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case for most of us who are doing this kind of uh, content creation combination thing. It's... Uh, it's just very difficult, I think, because, you know, you have meetings and stuff like that that come up. You have, uh, you know, uh, lots of travel, I think, you know, especially like going around that's, to all these events and stuff. It, you just, you know, things are always yeah, kind of in motion. That's getting more and more. I, I have a feeling that this next year for the three of us, we're going to be doing a lot of traveling. Yes. I feel like there's a, I mean, yeah. as the community grows, and as we grow, uh, the three of us, yeah. we're just going to – There's it's more advent, advantageous for us to, to go to these events. And there's going to be more events happening. And it's mm-hmm. just – the whole, like I said, the whole community is growing. And it's really cool. I mean, it's so much fun to hang out with these people that – you know, to, to see the 3D version of all of these people that I follow in 2D. So well, it's – uh, You learn so much. Like when you have that much FaceTime with – yeah, absolutely. Other creators. I mean, you know, I think I know I always come home from these events super pumped up and yeah. thinking about all the things that I could be doing better and things I could be capitalizing on in my business. And uh, mm-hmm. the other thing is, you know, it, it's kind of a tried and true formula. You know, collaborations are one of the better ways to grow a YouTube channel, especially if you can find somebody that's not in your direct niche, but is in a niche mm-hmm. that's similar enough that you know you guys would have a lot of crossover as far as audience um 
you know, like Bob, Bob from I Like to Make Stuff did that collab with uh, Rob Scallon, the guitarist, and I think that made a lot of sense because both of them, you know, probably fairly young uh, male demographics uh, who are into technology and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, that kind of collaboration can be extremely beneficial for, for both channels. So uh, that's that's a huge impetus to travel. And uh, that's honestly one of the big reasons I bought this laptop is so I wasn't tethered to my desk and that I could actually get, you know, video editing and stuff done on the road. So uh, that's, you know, that's that's definitely a big one. Yeah, I think I mean, going back to the idea of uh, schedule, uh, that is one of the key things about why I do what I do is that I can I can mold this around my life as opposed to the other way around. Mm-hmm. My life isn't determined determined by a work schedule. My work schedule is determined by my life, um, and so I can I can figure out how I want to fit in the things I have to do into my life. And in a lot of those cases, by changing the time of when you do it, it changes from something you have to do to something you want to do. Yep. Um, so, like, if my wife is at work and I'm alone in the house, you know, I can flip on my tunes and go total gangbusters on a project and have a lot of fun with it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's very convenient to – it's just so different than having a day job, you know. It's just one of those things that yeah. I appreciate – so frequently like this week for example i'm in here in charleston and you know i would never ever have been able to do this uh, with a regular job and i can still get a ton of work done uh, and basically be almost as productive as i would have been if i were at home and uh yeah it works out really really well so got another question uh, on the q a so uh, from ben uh, he wants to he wants to ask us about uh, our Personally, I guess about my experience with buying that uh, walnut off of Craigslist. So he's saying he bought some fresh cut walnut off of Craigslist and was wondering how long he should expect it to take to dry out. It's at 16%, and he says he's also in North Carolina and is wondering if I painted the ingrain and what I use for stickers and that kind of thing. So uh, he, he asked if you painted the ingrain. Yeah, I know. I, I was wondering if that was either a misspelling or an actual <laughs> inside joke. And if it was an inside joke, thank you, Ben. Thank you for uh, for listening because that was a good one with Chris Salamone. Um, yeah. So I guess my experience, uh, I bought it. You know, I don't have a moisture meter, so... I just bought it and it was only four quarter and it was, I don't know, I think the guy said it was 20% when I bought it from him. So I basically just let it sit in my basement for my, my basement shop for like six months and started using it. And, you know, uh, I would kind of mill it in, in stages and kind of see if it moved a lot and that kind of thing. And, uh, I have not had any issues. I've built a ton of stuff with it and, you know, I think, basically just giving it time to acclimate and giving it more time than it probably needs to acclimate if you don't have a moisture meter is a you know, pretty safe way to go. Now, if you have a moisture meter, obviously you can be way more precise about it, uh, but I've not been, and it hasn't been a very big deal. So uh, I didn't paint the ingrain or anything like that. I think it was already dry enough where that was not something I needed to consider that mm-hmm. much. Plus, most of the ingrain was already checked from, you know, it's air-dried, so... Uh, it had just been sitting there for a while, so it, it already had some checking right at the end of the boards that I was already going to cut off anyway, so it wasn't something that was uh, really required. So, um, yeah. yeah. I'm actually going to be doing a video on this next week, um, 
and comparing a couple different uh, um, moisture meters and what they do. But I mean, if you're already at 16%, you yeah. don't have that much farther to go. No. Um, and if you're in an air conditioned house with a fan blowing on it, I mean, you could you could change that to, you know. 12% in the matter of a couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, I have a dehumidifier that I run in my shop pretty much mm-hmm. 24-7, and it's got like a pump built in, so it just runs into my sink, and uh, that, I think, really helps. You know, my shop is not air-conditioned, but keeping it at 50% relative yeah. humidity really helps get things drying a lot quicker. Um, well, also, for, for most woods, anything under like 15%, um, and... and Percentage is kind of a bad thing to go by because it's going to be completely wildly different. I mean, what is um, what is a stable percentage to uh, to Zach in Florida is going to yep. be nothing like what I am in the Midwest in the middle of summer. Because yep. um, I mean, a stable percentage to me in my basement might be as low as five percent. Um, whereas if I were to take it outside, it might be you know a stable percentage of around fifteen. But I mean, as a rule of thumb, anything lower than fifteen. Um, you know, it, it's it's usable um, yep. as long as you understand it's probably going to move, and its movement is probably going to be shrinking. Mm-hmm. Um, its movement is not going to be expansion um, unless you're in a really really moist environment. Yep, yep, yeah. I mean, I again, I just kind of let it sit there for longer than it probably needed to, and that's that's been. I, I bought way more than I needed, so mm-hmm. for me, it was not like I was in a big rush to use it, and. I think I bought it, and the first thing I built wasn't for another like three or four months. So I was pretty confident that it was dry enough at that point to use. And, yeah. and again, I built a number of pieces with it. So um, as far as stickers, I just used uh, actually plywood uh, scraps. So I don't know if mm-hmm. that's right or wrong, but I haven't seen any sort of issues from that. I, I just made sure that they were all the same size. And when I stickered the boards, all the stickers needed to kind of line up vertically. So that's that seems to be kind of the... Yeah. big critical factors you don't want stickers kind of all spaced differently because then you know the, you want the what, pressure in line with each other yeah so yeah i use um i use furring strips from the big rock store you know oh, they're, yeah. they're like three quarter inch thick by inch and a half and i rip them right down the middle yeah um so they end up being about three quarter by three quarter they actually end up being like three quarter by one inch i think is the actual yeah so hopefully that helps ben uh you know i'm certainly no expert but uh i think uh James and certainly Matt Cremona know quite a bit. We should more. have him on. Yeah, seriously, that would be uh, that'd be a good one. It, it, obviously, Ben, if you're not familiar with Matt, he certainly has a, a lot of resources on drying lumber. So, I definitely get stuff there. So, I guess let's move into the joke of the week. We actually have yeah. one. Uh, that was another one that fell into the spam. So I apologize. That we, this one's from Mark Briggs. I don't know if we've read something similar or not before. It's you know kind of classic. So. What do you call a piece of wood with nothing to do? Bored. (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing at the silence after the joke more than the joke itself, which is perfect. That's exactly what we want. Yes. We want the jokes that, like, people are too scared to share. Those are the ones we want to read. Well, with that in mind, what do you call a piece of wood with a hole in it? I don't know. Bored. Bored. Yeah. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Got it. We should have saved that one for next week. I know. That's a good one. That is a good one. Nice. Nice. I cool. love making boring. Videos. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, I guess let's talk about what we've been watching or reading or listening to or whatever. So I, I've got one this week. Uh, so we had Brad Rodriguez on, I don't know, months ago now it feels like. And uh, he, he kind of teased his podcast, the Made for Profit podcast, uh, that he was doing with John Malecki. And it just launched uh, this past week. So they put up three episodes right off the bat. And if you are a maker trying to start a business uh, in the and use kind of the digital side of things to help promote your business, which you should be doing, uh, it's a great podcast. Um, I'm only through episode one so far, but they've kind of talked about using Instagram for business, and uh, they're going to continue to kind of dive deeper into Instagram uh, for business in the next couple episodes. And just really excited to see... Uh, what that podcast does because those are both very smart businessmen and uh, really cool dudes so definitely go check that out made for profit podcast james how about you Uh, i was actually uh i watched a video a while ago from a channel called crazy timber um he's in europe and doesn't do a whole lot of talking but does some interesting things and kind of a fun channel but he did this uh he turned so if you imagine turning a uh, a platter about 18 inches in diameter but turning it so thin that through the entire the, the entire thing you can see light through it so it's about an eighth inch thick platter 18 inches in diameter that he's turning which is very impressive yeah but then he takes it out of that and he soaks it in water and bends it in on itself. So it basically turns into a tube Whoa. made from this platter and then takes it a step further and with string stitches that tube together and dries it out and turns it into a lamp. Whoa. And I was just like total mind blown. Um, really, really cool idea. And uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in love with it. <laughs> That sounds really cool, man. I'll have to check that out. That's uh, that's crazy. Yeah, and he's he's not a well known channel, and he should be getting a lot more subscribers. I mean, he hasn't even hit a thousand yet, and wow. so um, he's he's doing some cool things. Nice, cool. Zach, how about you? Uh, a few things, believe it or not. So there's a guy who has a YouTube channel. Um, it's old Dave One Hundred um, or Dave Roten R O. R-H-O-T-E-N he does uh, like hand carved signs that are incredible and uh, he contacted me a while ago he said hey I like your logo uh, mind if I make a sign for you and send it to you like absolutely didn't want anything in return and uh, yeah I got it the other day it's incredible I, I've had it in kind of the background of some pictures I need to do like a dedicated Instagram post or anything so, or something like that but so that was very very cool Uh guy knows what he's doing um pretty cool videos if if that's something that you're interested in in doing uh definitely check them out also i listened to a new podcast that one of my friends recommended to me it's called invisibilia it's kind of a uh really well done it's one of the one of the better ones yeah i mean the the, just the the production and i i don't care Mm -hmm. i don't usually care about production it's i don't in like anything i really doesn't doesn't do much but i mean it's it's really good they do a good job the topics are interesting the hosting is great it's kind of a uh what would you call it i mean it's kind of a mental site like a psychological yeah uh, uh analysis type yeah uh, yeah 
it, it was the the couple episodes I've heard have been really interesting. Uh, yeah, the one I I heard covered emotions and whether emotions kind of happen to us or uh, whether we kind of cr- create these emotions. It was pretty fascinating. Like they were dealing with this court case that uh, was about kind of emotional uh, trauma and uh, that you know this accident caused emotional trauma for this guy. And so he was suing these people for emotional distress and really fascinating stuff. But yeah, that's one of those NPR produced podcasts that basically if NPR is attached to a podcast, it is going to be good. (laughs) Like they do not have a bad podcast in their repertoire. It's, they are amazing at podcasting. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I listened to one of the ones I listened to is the first one. I think it was about this guy that was, um, I can't remember what they call it when it's like locked in syndrome or something. But this guy was, uh, he had some, some disease or something that happened to him and he, his body just shut down and everybody thought he was brain dead for like 10 years and he was just stuck alone. He couldn't move his hands. His, I mean, his completely had no motor function whatsoever, not even his eyes. And he spent like 10 years like that, and people thought he was a vegetable. And uh, it was about how he learned to cope with it and how he, how he learned to develop mental discipline. And it was just a really, I guess he's written a book, but it was just a really fascinating uh, podcast. So I thought I'd mention that, even though it's not directly related. People no. who are interested in that sort of stuff, it's, uh, it was a really, really good podcast. So yeah. Cool. Well, I guess let's talk about our tools of the week and wrap it up. So uh, I'll go ahead and say mine. Uh, mine is the <laughs> DeWalt 20-volt uh, max brad nailer. Uh, so DeWalt provided some tools for us for that uh, ski to event, or sky took event, and they were all cordless. And this brad nailer, man, if, if you guys have not used a cordless brad nailer, it is like a life-changing neat. experience because you have no you know air hose to contend with. So... Uh, it was awesome. The, the batteries last forever on these things. I guess it's just not that much power required. But uh, I have I have a Dewalt one, a rigid one, and a Milwaukee one, and they're all good. Uh, but I think I like the Dewalt one the best. So uh, definitely highly recommend, especially if you're already on one of the battery platforms. It's you know not a terribly expensive tool to add to your repertoire. And uh, yeah, that Brad Nailer was sweet. So what is uh, your tool of the week then? Um, I'm in love with that battery-powered DeWalt table saw we were using. Um, I know I'm mentioning a power tool, but it is an unplugged power tool, so (laughs) I guess that's okay. Uh, But, I mean, the the fact that we ripped down the entire sheet of plywood, I mean, really pushing it. I mean, we ripped the entire sheet of plywood in, like, what, 10 minutes or less? It was ridiculous how fast we did it. And we used one-third of one But we ripped it how many times? We ripped Uh, a piece of plywood in, like, two uh, 48 strips, I think. Yeah, forty-eight I mean, was, strips, two inches wide. Yeah, yeah. That was, was that was mind-blowingly powerful and fast. I mean, I was. Yeah, it was making me want to want to rethink my uh, <laughs> basement dynamics. Your career choices. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, it was. I was. I was really impressed, and um, you know, if I were doing anything with, uh, you know, construction outside of my house, I, I would definitely pick up one of those. Yeah, yeah. The battery-powered thing is really, really cool. It's. I'm so excited about battery powered stuff moving forward. Like 
just on like the lawn maintenance side i think the battery stuff has really revolutionized things i have yeah you have uh, a neighbor with a with a roaming lawnmower that just yeah. runs at night yeah it's like a roomba but for your yard yeah 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 it's exactly wow. that husqvarna makes it and, it runs uh, every night and so his lawn is perfectly the right length all the time yeah it's actually is it better battery for your lawn. Yeah, yeah totally battery powered yeah, that Husqvarna thing is sweet, and it's actually a lot better for your lawn. Like keeping it trimmed regularly is much better for the grass. So, um, yeah, I, I, I so geek out over all that stuff. I'm so excited about the future of battery powered cars and and all that. So I, I think it's pretty cool. It's making its way into our scene uh, slowly but surely. So, well, since James went with the power tool, I'm going to go with the hand tool. Um, good old Swanson Speed Square. Nice. The aluminum one. I mean, I have a giant plastic one that I use for. Somebody actually bought it for me. I I would probably wouldn't have bought the plastic one if they have a metal version. But um, they're usually used traditionally used for roofing. But they are. It's my go-to tool for a lot of things. Um, Justin from Make Build Modify actually did a great video a few months ago yeah. uh, about all the the functions of a speed square so check that one out there's so much that you can do with it especially even welding uh, i use it all the time to to true up my 90 degree corners and just to uh, even on my plasma cutter i use it all day today when i was cutting um uh cutting three inch stock down i just you know butt it up and use the end of the the plasma cutter so it's incredibly versatile tool if you if you know all the in, the intricacies of it and they're really cheap so yeah nice cool well uh, i guess let's go ahead and close it up you guys are both having crazy weather issues so this is uh, i don't think james is with us yeah at the he's, moment. he's gone so uh thanks everybody for listening again uh, if you want to support the show check us out on patreon it's patreon.com slash crafted podcast uh, we are super appreciative for any support you guys can uh, give us over there. We also have a weekly after-party, after-show thing that we try to do, and uh, that's for our $5 and up patrons. So if you want to get on on that, uh, go check that out. Also, uh, for free, something you can do is leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. That is extremely helpful and helps to support the show and just kind of get it in front of more listeners. So thanks again for listening, everybody, and until next week, happy building. <laughs>